You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times. And another gospel records that a hundred times in this life. And the idea is you're going to receive relationships uh, in the family of faith. And many of those relationships in the family of faith, other believers, are going to be deeper and closer than even a lot of your own blood kin. Many of us can scarcely imagine what it would be like to leave behind certain family members, especially those that we're close to. However, this was exactly what the apostles were expected to do when Christ began his ministry and called each one of them. In today's message, Pastor Danny reflects on what is perhaps one of the greatest challenges for many. In his study, you'll learn that with great challenges comes great rewards in God's kingdom, and the relationships are often far deeper. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with today's edition of The Living Word. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. In contrast to the tent life, tent life is temporary. The city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God, is forever. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was unable to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man... And he as good as dead. Now, that's a nice thing to say about a fellow, huh? Because of his age. He as good as dead. Came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. And now the next few verses, the writer takes us to all the people of faith. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham When God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice, he who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one 
and only son. Even though God had said to him, it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. I want to point out three characteristics of Abraham's faith, and it's in the text. And um, the first is Abraham that had the kind of genuine faith, and it's faith to leave. Whenever you follow the call of God in life, there's always something to leave behind. I don't know if you're aware, but Abraham left behind a life of idolatry. He was an idolater. His dad was an idolater. Joshua chapter 24, verse 2 Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, long ago, your forefathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, lived beyond the river and worshiped other gods. He was a pagan, his family, idolatrous. Genesis 15, seven, God said to Abraham, I'm the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. We know Ur of the Chaldeans because of archaeological finds and history writings. It was located on the Euphrates River in what is today southern Iraq. It was an ancient city even in Abraham's time, and uh, it had a lot of things going for it. Elaborate system of writing, sophisticated math uh, going on there, educational facilities, extensive business and religious records they've discovered. The city was dominated by a massive three-stage ziggurat. Not a cigarette, a ziggurat. What's a ziggurat? This big thing built by Ernamu, one of the leaders of the ancient Chaldeans. It was built by him during the beginning of the second millennium. Each stage of this ziggurat was colored distinctively with the top level bearing the silver one-room shrine of Namu, the moon god. The royal cemetery, they discovered evidence of human sacrifice. So they were pagan. That's the point. As advanced as Ur of the Chaldeans was, uh, it was pagan. But, I mean, if you're a pagan, it's, it's a great place to live. I mean, it's got a lot of things going for it. And Abraham left Ur of the Chaldeans. He left when he was 75 years old. That's when he followed the call of God. And by that time, you're pretty comfortable in Ur. And so you leave the comforts of Ur. Uh, you're going to leave lifelong relationships. God said to him, leave your country, leave your family. So blood kin would be left behind and he would have to say goodbye and follow the call of God. He left the certainty of 75 years of life. And think about it. Come on. 75 years of life, your IRA ought to be doing pretty well by that point. When you're thinking about retirement, <laughs> uh, things are established in your life, your occupation it would be pretty established in life. And here's the point. Anybody who follows the call of God in life, there's something to leave behind, always. Something, someone, and usually a combination of the two. I just want to give you a, a few scriptures on that point. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. This is their livelihood. This is their business. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fishers of men. And notice this next statement. Fascinating. At once, they left their nets and followed him. They didn't give two-week notice. They just got up, gone, following Jesus. Just left the business behind. Matthew chapter 9 
Verse 9, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew, Levi is also name, Matthew, Levi, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Now, Levi tells us that as a Jewish person with the name Levi, you got a call to be involved somehow in the priesthood. But he walked away from that. He ignored that. And he became a traitor to his own people. And he became a tax collector for the Roman government. And here he is sitting by his tax collector's booth. Jesus comes by and says to Matthew, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. Always a cost. I don't know if you're aware too, but Old Testament, New Testament with several different verses, and I'm not going to go through all of them, obviously, but God reminds us and he wants us to know the cost in following his call in our lives. He, he, he doesn't try to trick us. He doesn't say, well, I'll get them to sign on the dotted line and then we're going to surprise them <laughs> with all they got to sacrifice in following the call of God. No, he wants us to know. He wants us to think about it. I'll give you one of my favorite passages, Luke chapter 14. Favorite and yet doesn't give me warm fuzzies a lot of times because listen to what Jesus says. Verse 25, Luke 14, uh, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. And he adds to those amazing statements, verse 28, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him saying, this fellow began to build and he was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he's not able, he'll send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Those are incredible words. On one occasion, one of the gospels says, then a teacher of the law came to Jesus and he said to Jesus, teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. You know what Jesus said to him? Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of God has no place to lay his head. You better think about what you're saying because I don't even own a home. My roots aren't in this world. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Now, Greek scholars tell us what he's saying is, when dad dies, then I'll follow you. But first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Suggesting, spiritually speaking, dad is not a follower of Christ. And so he's saying to this guy who's saying, well, once dad dies, I'll follow you. And Jesus is saying, look, you got a tough choice to make, but make the right choice. Don't let any earthly relationship keep you from following me. But you need to understand there's a cost. There is a cost. And if you let that relationship keep you from my call, tough choice. I love Peter. Peter, when you read about his life, Peter sometimes 
<laughs> Peter sometimes says things that, you know, you wanted to say, but you were afraid to say, you know? Let me give you one of those occasions. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 27. Peter says to Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Don't you love Peter? Okay, Lord, because he's heard all these things. He's heard what Jesus said to the teacher of the law. He's heard what he said, uh, you know, to the large crowd. He's heard all those things. And so he says, now, Lord, we have left everything to follow you. What do we get out of it? What's in it for us? And Jesus said to them, to the disciples, in response to Peter's question, I tell you the truth. At the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times. And another gospel records that a hundred times in this life. And the idea is you're going to receive relationships uh, in the family of faith. And many of those relationships in the family of faith, other believers, are going to be deeper and closer than even a lot of your own blood kin. You'll receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. I mean, what icing on the cake, eternal life to go along with it. But there is a cost. You know the context of Peter's question? The context, what's happening when Peter asked the question? Well, all you got to do is back up. Verse 16, now a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus says, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones, the man inquired. And Jesus said, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't give false testimony, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. All these I've kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? And Jesus said, okay, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. The more you have in this life, the more you have potentially that will keep you from following the call of God. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and said, well, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. In other words, if someone's willing and they really let God get a hold of their heart, no matter how much they have in this life, if they'll let God get a hold of their heart, he'll change them. And then Peter said, we've left everything to follow you. What are we going to get? Always a price to pay. Abraham's faith was a faith to leave, and any genuine faith to follow the call of God, there's something to leave behind. There's someone usually to leave behind. Relationships that you can't hang on to if you're going to follow the call of God in life. But second, Abraham's faith was a faith to live, to live, and specifically to live now in the world, in the world that he was born into, as you and I have been born into this world, but now because... He's followed the call of God now to live in the world and no longer be of the world. This world is no longer home. 
No longer home. Looking for something beyond this life, something beyond this world. A city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob. Lived like an alien and a stranger in a foreign country. Let me read you what Paul writes on this point. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now, you got to be careful to understand uh, what the Holy Spirit is saying through the pen of Paul because you take it just on surface, then you leave here and you misunderstand because listen what he says. Chapter 7, 1 Corinthians, verse 29. Now, what I mean, brothers, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they had none. You misunderstand that. You leave here today <laughs> you make some real mistakes in your marriage. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. The idea is you're not getting your roots too deep in this life. Those who use the things of this world as if not engrossed in them for this world in its present form is passing away. And we're just passing through. Not our home anymore. Not our home. I don't know about you, but I'm very thankful this world is not my home. Because there's a lot of things in this life I don't enjoy. I don't enjoy, and I can't wait to live where God dwells. A city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. I can't wait for my heavenly home. Oh, my goodness. Faith to leave, faith to live in this world, but not be of this world. And then third... Faith to lean, to lean. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Let me read a scripture. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. If I was God, I would not do things the way he does them. I, I, there are some things that God, some things in the ways of God that I just, I'm, I'm not in agreement with. <laughs> I mean, if I was doing it, I'd, I'd do it differently. Good thing I'm not God. I mean, so many verses, so many verses you're reading, it just doesn't make any sense. Make, doesn't make any sense to me. And it wouldn't to you. Oh, uh, tons of verses. Let me just give you a sampling. All right. Um, Exodus 14, after God delivers the children of Israel out of Egypt and, uh, here they are, delivered now, on their way to the promised land. And not long after, Pharaoh changes his mind once again, musters his army. Uh, they go chasing after the Israelites. The Israelites see this vast Egyptian army coming at them. And uh, here you are. You got your kids. You got your family. And here this Egyptian army is bearing down on you. And here's what God says to them through Moses. Here's what God says. Be still. Right. I got my wife, I got my kids there, and, a, and an army is bearing down on us, and you want me to just stay here? You want me to just stand here? Right. No, no, no. Everything in my mind, when that army is coming, I'm saying, grab the wife, grab the kids, let's run. Let's get out of here. Let's run. That's what my thinking is like. And that's natural. That's natural. But God's supernatural, and he doesn't think the way we think. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so higher my thoughts above yours. I don't think like you think. Stand still, and I'll fight for you. That's what he says to him. Stand still, and I'll fight for you. Elijah, remember the story? Here's a widow of Zarephath, and God speaks to Elijah, says, I got a widow, and she's going to provide your needs. A widow. He goes to Zarephath. There's the widow. She's gathering some sticks, 
because she's destitute. She's like a stick herself. You can just imagine she's, she's going to die. She's dying. She's got one child. And she says, uh, as Elijah questions her, I'm going home with these sticks. I'm going to make the last meal of me and my son. We're going to die. And here's what God says to her through Elijah. Here's the word of the Lord for this widow and her child. Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have. Bring it to me and then make something for yourself and for your son. You tell me that makes sense. You, you tell me you're the widow and you can get that compute in your brain. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> Don't you love the feeding of the 4,000 and the 5,000? Don't you love those stories? And uh, here they got a couple of fish and just a little bit of bread. And on both occasions, Jesus says to his disciples, you give them something to eat. And you're one of the disciples and you're, you're thinking, that's crazy, man. And then he says, tell them to sit down in groups, get together. We're going to have a meal. That makes absolutely no sense. Abraham, go back to the story with me, the book of Genesis. Come on. We spend the rest of our time here. Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, 75 years old, verse 4, Abraham, Abram. Abram means exalted father. God would later change his name after they finally do have a child, a miracle child. God changes his name to Abraham. Just before they have the child, it means father of many. So here, Abram, exalted father. Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot, his nephew, went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai. I'm just going to call her Sarah. She gets her name changed later, too. His wife, Sarah, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and uh, the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moray at Shechem. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar to the Lord there who had appeared to him. And so now he's become a worshiper of God instead of a worshiper of idols. And he's building altars now. And you find he does this again and again. Verses 8 and 9, he moves on and then he pitches his tent and he builds an altar to the Lord. And then chapter 13, God blesses Abraham materially. God blesses Lot, his nephew, materially. The herdsmen uh, of Lot are quarreling with Abraham's herdsmen because they have so many livestock to feed. And Abraham says to his nephew, hey, we're brothers. It's not right for us to quarrel. So you choose which way you want to go. And whichever way you go, I'll go the opposite direction. Let's settle this thing. Let's have peace. So Lot looked up. And saw the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered like the garden of the Lord. And Lot looked and he chose the most fertile direction, humanly speaking. And so Abraham, showing that he's a man learning to walk by faith, he says, okay, you go that way. And that's the, the way you would normally choose. Anybody would, but I'm going to just walk by faith. I'll go the opposite direction. Then God speaks to him. Verse 14, chapter 13. Lord said to Abraham after Lot had parted from him, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north, south, east, and west. That includes the direction that Lot went. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I'll make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land for I'm giving it to you. So Abraham moved his tents and went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron where again, he built an altar to the Lord, worshiping the Lord. 
The book of Hebrews contains a unique passage that's often referred to as the Hall of Faith. This section gives you a synopsis of people who followed their creator without knowing the end result or with having each step laid out for them. These icons of trust were definitely not without flaw. Their journeys weren't free from trials and tribulations either, but they came back to their faithful Heavenly Father time and time again, trusting that He would fulfill His promises. God used these ordinary men and women to accomplish great things in their time and to set in motion kingdom work that would continue to change lives for countless generations to come. We're so glad that you joined us today to study the book of Hebrews with Pastor Danny Hodges here on The Living Word. If you missed any part of today's teaching or would like to explore more of Pastor Danny's teachings through the books of the Bible, visit ccfstpete.church and click on Sermons. You'll be directed to our YouTube page and we'd love for you to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified by email every time we post a new message. If you have any questions for us about what you heard today, or if you'd like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that's info at ccfstpete.church. We count it as a privilege to lift our valued listeners up to the Lord in prayer. That's all we have time for today in our study of Hebrews. Join Pastor Danny next time to continue digging deeper into Scripture right here on The Living Word.